Uh, thank you again for joining us in worship. This morning we enter into our second Sunday of our sermon series entitled Brand New. Last week, Ben Miller, our director of student ministries, preached on brand new perspectives. His text was about two disciples traveling down the Emmaus Road, not realizing who they were traveling with until Jesus opened their eyes and gave them a new perspective. This morning, we continue in our series with the title of Brand New Life. And it is from Ezekiel, cha Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Let us read together. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews, or tendons upon you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded, as I was commanded, and I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to them, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied. And he commanded me, and, he breath, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves. And raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves. And raise you from the graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you. And you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. And I will do it, declares the Lord. Thus ends the reading of God's word to us in the book of Ezekiel. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for this day in which we're able to come and worship you in spirit and truth. And Father, now as we look into your word a little bit more deeply, Father, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the message that you have given to us this morning. We pray these things in the name 
of Jesus. Amen. You know, I I think that talking to my kids when they were younger was easier. You speak, they listen. But only if it would stay that way. The wiser and older they get, the wiser they think they are wiser compared to you. The kids become less dependent on you when they are older, and thus listening to you is less important. At first, the Israelites were listening to God and following him. But after a while, what he had to say didn't really matter as much, and they chose to follow other gods. And what they wanted in life was more important than what God had to say. They totally rejected him and were not dependent on him at all. And not only did they do it while they were in their own land, but they did it about face in other countries as well. In the beginning of our text, we see the result of their about face. In verse 1 and 2, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. My three ladies and I have been talking about getting a dog. And what do dogs like to chew on? Dry bones. This is what dry bones are useful for. There isn't really any other significance. They don't have any other worth. Dry bones are dead bones. And Ezekiel is looking at plenty of them. The result of them turning their backs on God, the result of their sin against God was death. Most people, when they talk about God, they love to talk about God's love. But when it comes to talking about God's judgment, it's something to be avoided. But God is a just God. He will rule according to his law. The Israelites once lived in the promised land. They were enjoying the fruits of their labor. But then they started following their own ways. They started doing things that were not according to the Lord's plan for them. And when instead of walking with him, they were walking away. So God took them out of Israel and brought them into captivity. And this time, he took them into Babylon. Generations would pass away before they would be able to enter into the promised land once again. Not only was the promised land known to be very fruitful and beneficial for them physically, but it was also known to be where God was. He was known to be in the temple in Jerusalem. And we know this from the book of Daniel. When it came to the time to pray, Daniel would turn to the west and he would kneel towards Jerusalem. God in his holiness could not be in the presence of sin and he removed it. The Israelites and these other nations sinned against God and they were punished justly and received what their deeds deserved, which was death. Some might say they must have done something really bad to to deserve it. Others might have said, well, it's okay, everybody dies, and after we die, that's it. 
They are just dead. And life is truly over. But not only was this a penalty of an earthly death, but an eternal death as well. Where they were separated from God forever. Where there is great suffering and great pain. Not only was that a deserved punishment for the Israelites, but it is something that we deserve as well. Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God's. The glory of God. Can't you see your bones in the stack of these dry bones? In our misdeeds, our sins, our wrongdoings, we deserve death. We deserve separation from God. This past Sunday, the confirmation class was reminded of how we sin against God. That we sin against God in thought, in word, and in deed. Just thinking about something in the wrong way is sinning against God. Some of us would like to make excuses for what we've done. It was the only thing that I could see doing. Or we might say, did you see what my brother or my sister or my coworker or my friend did? Or maybe my favorite, they made me do it. We might say that it is okay because heaven and hell really don't exist. And once we're dead, we're dead. But I'd like someone to prove that to me. And yet there are others that are self-righteous. We will claim to be good enough. Though God will let me in because my good deeds have outweighed my bad ones. But God is a just God. Regardless of the reason or the excuse, you did it. His justice will come and his decision will be made. The penalty of your sin will be paid and the death will be the end result. But this is not the end of the story. Nor is it the end of our text. In verse 3, God asks Israel or Ezekiel a question. Son of man, can these bones live? Are these bones just going to do anything but lie here? I think we would answer the the question the same way that Ezekiel did. Oh Lord God, you know. You are the one who is in charge here, and I am not. God, you are omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. You know everything. You are all-powerful. You are everywhere all the time. You know the answer, and I have no idea. And if it's going to happen, it is going to be done by you. What do we see happens next? God makes it happen. God, God brought the dry bones back to life. In verse 4 and following, it says, Then he said to them, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews be upon you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin. 
and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, Ezekiel says, as I, command, as I was commanded, and I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews, there were tendons on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Bones were put back together. Tendons and flesh covered the bones. Salvation was given to them. They were dead in their sin, but they were made alive again. Could these bones do anything to get themselves back together? No, they were dead. And only God could put them back together. Only God could give them life. And he gave them life out of his love. And God did the same for us. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows. Or in the NIV it says, for God demonstrates his love for us. That while you and me and I were have sinned against God. We were sinners. Christ died for us. While we were dead in our sin, we were made alive again. Not because of anything that we had done to make it happen, but because of Jesus coming into the world and dying for us. Jesus took the punishment that was given for our sin and placed it upon himself and took it to the cross. He died in our place. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages, or the payment of our sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I've heard an illustration a few times about appearing before the judge as one who was about to enter heaven. The devil, in Greek, is diabolos, diabolos, which means accuser, serves as the prosecutor. He lists the number of sins that that man made yesterday, then in the past week, and then in the past month. Satan then claims that this man has been stained with his sin. He has been marked guilty by what he had done against God. God then asked the man, the defendant, if he had anything to say. And the man sat there without saying a word. What could the man say? Yes, I did do those things. But then walked in the defense attorney. Jesus entered the courtroom. He walked up to the bench and he said to the judge, his father. Father, this one belongs to you. You sent me into the world to save this man. Look at my hands. I died for him. 
You have given this man life. He trusts you and believes in you and what you had done for him. The judge then asks the man to stand and to slowly spin around so that he could take a look at him. God then turns to his accuser and asks him, Where is the stain that he had because of his sin? The devil says that it should be there because of what he did. But it wasn't. It was removed. For our sins were like scarlet. We have been made white as snow. The judge turned to the defendant and asked him to stand. And then he said, I love you, and I see you not as the world sees you, but as my child. You are free to enter the place that I have for you. You are found not guilty. And now, because God did this for his people, the Israelites, their despair has turned to hope. They used to say, woe is us. Our bones are dried up. We have no hope. There is no way to return home or for things to get back to the way that they used to be. Everything that they had before was gone. Their home destroyed. Their cities laid in ruins. But God had promised them restoration. He tells them that he will bring them back to the place that he had given them. In verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open their graves and raise you from their graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. He also tells them that he is restoring their relationship with him. And he continues, And you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. When God brings the Israelites back to Israel, he is bringing them back to where he is, in the temple of Jerusalem. Maybe you're thinking now that there is no way that God would restore me. That he would not bring me back to where I was in my relationship with him. It's easy to forget about the Bible having a full, a a, just many examples of messed up people. And maybe they were some just like you, just like me. Peter and David did some horrible things. Peter denied Christ three times. David committed adultery and then murder. And yet God restored them. There was nothing that, that would separate God's love for them. There would no, be nothing that would, that would keep God from loving them and restoring them. And there's nothing that is keeping God from loving us and restoring us as well. And one day he will take us to our home. Not where you're sitting right now if you're home in the place that you live temporarily, but to heaven. This world is not our home. It is our temporary dwelling place. But heaven is our real home. And God's promise to you who believe is that he will take you there someday. 
But the question we have now is how did God make all this happen? How did God bring these dry bones back to life? How did God restore Israel? How did God bring salvation and restoration back to us? There were three different times that Ezekiel said to these bones, this is what the Lord says. It is through the words of God that these Israelites' lives were changed. When God spoke, bones started to rattle. When God spoke, flesh and tendons were added to the bones. When God spoke, breath entered their bodies. When God spoke to you, he spoke to you words of salvation. God spoke to you his words. For his words changed lives. We say that the primary way that God gives to us his grace is through his word, the Bible. It is through his word that we have been changed and we will be able to be where God is in heaven. It is through his word that we are able to believe. For faith comes by hearing the word of God. It is through his word that we heard about who God is and what he accomplished for us in sending Jesus to die on a cross that our sins would be forgiven. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we will also be raised and enter heaven. For it is in him and through him that we have been given life and that life more abundantly, a life that is eternal, a life without end. And we can trust in the Lord and we can receive this brand new life that God has for us. Praise be to the Lord who doesn't totally reject his people, but opens them with open arms and gives to us his word that our lives may never be the same. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together wherever we are, whether we're in our house or in our cars, to hear from you and what your word says. Father, we thank you for your word and how it has changed our lives and how you want to change other lives as well. Father, we pray that as we are in this viral place that we're in right now, where we are locked up in our homes, except for getting out to the store and, and going for walks and such, that we might find opportunities to share this good news of great joy that is for all people. That Jesus came to give his life and that by in his death, we might have life. Father, we praise you and thank you for your word to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.